With Israel's ongoing siege and bombardment of Gaza, the humanitarian crisis there is growing more dire every day. The health sector is operating at less than 5% of its capacity. You have people on uh, ventilators, you have people in ICU units, you have children incubators, and you have a fuel that is about to run out. The fuel now, as we are speaking now, they have a few hours left. That's Mahasan Sarhan, the CEO of the Egyptian Food Bank, one of the aid organizations leading the effort to get aid into Gaza from Egypt. We spoke to him on Wednesday when the fuel supply was running dangerously low. Also low in stock, medical supplies. Without them, people are resorting to desperate, brutal measures. Five or six days ago, the hospitals there started doing surgeries without anesthetics. Could you believe that this is happening in the modern world? This is medieval. This is medieval. Israel began its siege and bombardment of Gaza after the Hamas attack October 7th that Israel says killed 1,400 people. In Gaza, the health ministry says the death toll there has surpassed 7,000. Meanwhile, aid has only started to trickle in. As of Thursday evening, just over 60 aid trucks have been allowed to cross from Egypt into Gaza, delivering much-needed assistance. Sarhan says that is a tiny fraction of what's needed. It's a drop in an ocean. It's not a drop in a bucket. It's a tiny drop in an ocean of death. Consider this, the need for basic supplies, food, water, fuel, medical supplies, is growing every day in Gaza. Several areas have already run out and fleets of trucks full of aid from Egypt can't get through. What's on the way? And what can be done about it? From NPR, I'm Juana Summers. It's Thursday, October 26th. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor, American Home Shield. In today's market, you may decide to make your current house home for a bit longer. But are your aging appliances in it for the long haul, too? With AHS, protect what you don't expect. Choose a plan that fits your budget. American Home Shield will fix or replace covered items. Go to ahs.com slash consider to save $50. See ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. This message comes from NPR sponsor Carvana who wants you to know that you can shop for your next car the convenient way, 100% online with Carvana. Carvana has thousands of vehicles that'll fit all sorts of budgets. Visit Carvana.com to shop for vehicles the convenient way. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Juana Summers. Muhammad Hawajari is a nurse and medical coordinator for Doctors Without Borders at Al-Shifa Hospital in Gaza City. He told us that his work never ends there, operating on a few hours sleep, then coming right back to the overcrowded hospital. Hundreds of injured people on the ground. They have a shortage of bandages. They have a shortage of doses. They have a shortage of medical lines, uh, antibiotic IVs, a lot of important medications should be given to the patients. Doctors are operating without anesthesia, 
Fuel is running out. Food is running out. And trucks full of it can't get through, including those from the UN World Food Program. Cindy McCain is the executive director of the agency. She just returned from the region and spoke to my co-host, Mary Louise Kelly. I know that you are in contact with mm-hmm. World Food Program staffers on the ground. You've still got several dozen there, mm-hmm. like 90-something. What are they telling you? What's your current understanding of the situation? Well, it's a complete catastrophe. Uh, we have a, a, a people that are have been moved around that are, are in, you know, they're IDPs within the country. Internally have, displaced persons. Right. On. They have no food. They have no water. They have no fuel. Uh, and what does that mean? That means that they're, go- they're number one, they're starving to death. And number two, there's going to be disease like nobody's business unless we get in there. And the trouble is, as you said, uh, there have been a few trucks that have gotten over the border. That doesn't mean anything. We need hundreds of trucks to get across the border to help mitigate what this catastrophe could mean. Yeah, I was looking. It's, it is a few dozen that have gotten in through the weekend. Normal crossing would be 400 trucks a day. A day. So right. it's it's a, a mm-hmm. tiny trickle in the right. bucket. Right. I also, um, just to follow up on fuel, the United Nations is warning that UNRWA, the largest humanitarian mm-hmm. provider in Gaza, they say they will run out of fuel tonight. So like as we speak, yeah. your organization is warning that there's enough food left for about 12 days. Um, and then what? What happens? Um, well, number one, the f- you're correct about the fuel. The fuel's gone. Uh, number two, with regards to our own situation there, the numbers vary from, from place to place and from region to region within the country. Bottom line is there isn't enough food. Bottom line, people are starving to death. And as always, it's women and children that take the brunt of this. We need immediate, sustained, and safe access to get into that country to help save lives. And we don't have it right now. Uh, we've been given a, a truck here, a truck there, which means nothing in the scheme of things. As you said, we need hundreds of trucks to go in. How hopeful are you that the situation will change? Mm, boy, uh, you know, I'm the eternal optimist in many ways, but but I'm not hopeful right now. I'm really not from what I'm seeing. Uh, I'm, you know, you know, we're seeing... Uh, the the political you know wills at bay. We're seeing, of course, uh, people trying to mitigate the circumstances via negotiations, et cetera. But nothing's working. Nothing's happening. Both sides are 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 not talking. And number two, they're not dealing with the issue of people who are going to die. They're going to die, you know, as a result of no food, no water, uh, uh, no no ability to support themselves. And without the opportunity and without given the, the the humanitarian access that we need, we can't do anything about it. And so it just breaks my heart. I lose sleep over this at night. Yeah. Just to make sure I understand the situation, is the food there? Are the supplies there, like, lined up, ready mm-hmm. to go, and you just need somebody to, you know, lift the gates and let them through? Mm-hmm. We have... Uh, Quite a few, and by quite a few, I'm I'm not going to give numbers because it's it varies. But we have uh, way in the high double digits of trucks outside the the, the Rafa gate that could go in immediately. And as you said, uh, in, be, prior to the war, they were taking 400 trucks a day over the border in supplies and commodities, etc. So, given the opportunity for free and, and unfettered access, that's safe. Yes, we could go in and feed. Uh, a half a million to a million people, depending on where we are and what we were doing. Uh, but we don't have that. And with the food that we have, which is strictly 
emergency food. I mean, this is the kind of thing that you don't have to cook. You can eat it immediately. We'll give you calories. We'll give you energy, that kind of thing. So who are you calling on to try to change this? Everybody. I was on Capitol Hill today talking to anybody who'd listen to me about this. But it's Egypt that controls it's that border It's Egypt crossing. right now for, for, where, for where my trucks sit. It's Egypt that is. I mean, I mean both countries, Israel and Egypt, of course, are, are in this. And and uh, something has to be done from a from a diplomatic standpoint, but but that's not you know that's not my arena. My arena is the humanitarian aspect of this. There are concerns being raised that aid that is intended and clearly mm-hmm. desperately needed mm-hmm. by civilians that that aid could be taken by Hamas. Mm-hmm. Are you concerned about that? Mm-hmm. How do you prevent it? Uh, not like other people are, and here's why. Uh, because we have a sizable organization that was on the ground, we have people that are in positions that know the players, that know who the bad guys are, know who the good guys are. Now, with that said, uh, you know we have the ability to track and trace. We have the ability to to identify those who are supposed to get the aid by facial recognition, all those kinds of things, eye eye scans, etc. Uh, but the but the, but the problem is, it's a war zone. Yeah. Things are going to happen. And so to say 100%, can I guarantee? No, I can't. Just to broaden this out a little bit, you and I last spoke a little over a month ago. And the reason was that the the WFP has a funding crisis. You mm-hmm. were out of money. You were struggling to provide food aid. And that <laughs> yeah. was even before this war yeah. between Israel and Hamas. Where does this latest conflict oh, leave you? Oh, gosh. It's, uh, you know, it's it's take, taken a, a critical situation worldwide to something that's near disaster. Uh, as you know, as we talked earlier, uh, we've had to cut aid in many places. We've had to ex- extremely limit aid in others. Uh, we've we've taken millions off the rolls of being able to have regular food, uh, and and this was prior to all of this. And now you double down with this kind of situation, and we're in a situation that's dire. Uh, countries are coming to the aid of this particular crisis. Yes, not enough, but they're coming. Uh, and but still, the rest of the world still at play here. We have the world's on fire. You go from the Sahel to to Chad, go into Sudan, South Sudan, Yemen, Ethiopia, and on and on and on. And there just isn't enough money. There just isn't. In just a few sentences, for people listening who are feeling powerless, <laughs> what can we do? Well, I, what I tell people, and especially today on Capitol Hill and others, um, we can look at this two ways, and here's what I would suggest. Uh, number one, you can, with your heart, give money to people who are going to starve to death. Give, give organizations like mine and others. Or you can do it for national security interests, because this is a national security problem. That was Cindy McCain, executive director of the UN World Food Program, talking to my co-host Mary Louise Kelly. It's Consider This from NPR. I'm Juana Summers. At this year's Oscars, Oppenheimer took home the award for Best Picture, Emma Stone and Robert Downey Jr. also picked up wins, and Ryan Gosling brought the Kennergy. For a recap of all the highlights, listen to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor NetSuite by Oracle. You look around your business and see inefficiency everywhere, so you should know these numbers. 37,000, the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. 
25. NetSuite just turned 25. That's 25 years of helping businesses streamline their finances and reduce costs. One, because your unique business deserves a customized solution. And that's NetSuite. Learn more at netsuite.com slash story.